checking out in the uh, mountains uh, near Asheville on the phone with us. And uh, what's going on, sir? Good morning, campers. Rise and shine. Don't forget your booties out there. It's cold. It's cold every day. And it's wet. <laughs> it's wet. How, how much rain do you guys get there? We, when yeah. they're closing 95 because of road softening, you know we're getting a little rain down uh, down around here. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it actually hasn't been terribly bad here, not like uh, about a couple of weeks ago where there was a bunch of flash flooding uh, here. It actually hasn't. I've been surprised. It hasn't been uh, as bad as I've seen it in other parts of the state. Let's um, all right. Let's let's head around the state, shall we? Uh, and let's first head to beautiful Anson County, mm. uh, just east of uh, Charlotte, home to Wadesboro there. And a report by WBTV's Nick Oxner, which we were just talking about uh, here on the show. And in it, you see a video that doesn't exist but does exist of a candidate's husband uh, going in and essentially walking people from their cars, going to the voting booth with them, filling out their ballots in some instance. When people talk about voter fraud and voting shenanigans, what people need to understand is this is what it normally looks like, Mm -hmm. this right here. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's exactly right. It comes in the form of assistance. Uh, this is it, it, this and it's so benign that, like you say, most people don't even realize it because it doesn't seem uh, nefarious. It seems like, oh, hey, there's a fella and he's going to show me how to vote because I only do this once every four years, you know. Uh, and right. so I don't really know. And now they got all these new processes and this is absentee or is it early? Like, I, I don't know all these rules. And so here comes a fella. Maybe I know him from church or the community. And he's like, hey. I can help you with this. And you say, oh, okay, great. And so he walks you in and, you know, you're friends. You, you, you know him from around the, you know, the neighborhood or something. And so you're going to go ahead and just take his advice on stuff. And, uh, and then before you know it, he's filling out your whole ballot for you. And this is kind of like uh, what some of the uh, people uh, had said occurred down in the North Carolina 9th District with the ballot harvesting operation down there. People who never had any desire or intention to vote, and somebody would show up at their door with some ballots and say, hey, do you want to request, or first they'd say you want to request your ballot. Then when you would get it sent to you, they would come and help you vote that ballot. And some people that you know gave testimony, they didn't even care. They never cared to vote. They just didn't even vote, and they would have people that would vote for them. That's what it looks like, and how wide spread is it that's a different question well and what people what was what blew my mind is i lived in california one time and what people don't realize is california is famous for two things in their elections uh jungle primaries which holy crap if you don't know what those are (laughs) ridiculous yeah yeah uh but the other thing is ballot harvesting and it is a absolutely uh flawless operation that the democratic party in california does in fact, they love it so much, they really want it everywhere, except in that ninth District race right. where they filed a lawsuit against it. Right, well, and, and just for that one election. Right, just that one election. But then they actually were promoting it to, like, hey, why don't we have this in North Carolina right. when Mark Elias <laughs> was coming up with his punch list? And um, the, the point is, is it creates, like every other thing in expansion that we've seen, a very malleable process. Right. That's the goal. And this is why... Uh, all right, so I, I I always need to say this whenever we start talking about this. First off, I do believe, and I know actually, that fraud exists. Obviously, it does exist. This video is an is an example of it, right? Now, fraud that would overturn an election would have to be massive on a scale. This election would have to be massive on a scale that we just haven't seen before. It's never been proven, right? I'm not saying it couldn't have happened. I'm saying I need to see the evidence. Now, 
the people who have spent four years telling me that the system was corrupted um, and how the Russians literally hacked into the systems and switched votes so Trump would win. This is, by the way, a belief among like 60 percent plus of Democrats. Right. You guys don't get to tell me what is and is not a crazy conspiracy about voter fraud right now. You occupy yeah. no moral superiority on the, you know, fraud is real and that's why my guy lost argument. You don't you don't have that position. So you don't get to dismiss other people that come along and say the same thing that you've said for the last 4 years. Now all of this is because we don't have a system that has Security, right? The election integrity uh, is in question. People's confidence is shaken in the system. I would submit it has a lot to do with the last four years of that, but also years prior. But this is by design. These are our choices as a society that we are making, right? We we can have ballot integrity, election system integrity, and there are large parts of the operation that work very well. But there are uh, pathways into the system, right? There are ways to corrupt it. And uh, this is a choice that we make every time there is any kind of election integrity measure that comes before us as a society. If we keep choosing not to do those things, then you're going to undermine confidence in the results. So if you don't, I mean, think about it. If if Donald Trump were tweeting about stuff and everybody believed that the security of the election system was near perfect, would his tweets gain any traction? Would anybody believe them? No, but it, it gains purchase because of the very lack of confidence uh, that we have. Um, and by the way, how's that North Carolina Supreme Court Chief Justice race working out right now? You know, it yeah, may not where, have... Where yeah. Yeah, it may not have swung the presidential race, but in a race now decided by, what, a 1,000 votes they came to last less night? Than. Yeah, yeah, less than. Yeah, it's so. 0.02% difference between the, uh, the incumbent Democrat and the challenger Republican. So... Like these things do matter. These things can, in fact, swing races uh, when you are in a really, really close election. Now, I don't know if there's, you know, tens of thousands of ballots that can swing in some of these swing states, but it does matter in in close races. Well, you got 100 counties and you have a let's say let's say it's a thousand. It's actually less than that. You got 100 counties. So how many per county do you need to swing? I was told there would be no math. During this interview, Come on. this is easy. I've kept it easy with a thousand and then the hundred. Ten. You got to have ten per county. That's right. Yeah, that that's guy it. walked ten people in. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's your ten in Anson County plus some to spare, likely. And you know well, that it doesn't. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, you know the stories and have heard the stories about nursing homes, right? People go in, the, the campaign activists uh, will go in and, you know, get people registered or get them voting and help, quote, helping them to fill out their ballots in nursing it's homes. Very yeah, yeah, exactly. Very so, uh, of, of course, this happens. There was I remember this was almost 20 years ago in Mecklenburg County when uh, the sheriff at the time uh, retired and they tried to put his uh, chief deputy in uh, into the sheriff's office, and it was because he was a Democrat. It was all an internal Democratic Party election, and some guy named Nick Mackey went and did exactly that. He went and hit up nursing homes and stuff, and he got all of these internal, you know, Democratic Party ballots, and he won. And it caught the whole local Democratic Party by complete surprise that he would use these methods 
you know, to to do an internal election <laughs> to swing it in his favor. Um, wow. So it does happen. Don't tell me it doesn't happen because there is evidence aplenty that it does. There are like four cases of a uh, fairly large fraud that occurred just in North Carolina in the last 15 years. So, it, you know, you can't tell me it doesn't happen. One of the first people I met uh, over a decade ago when I moved here, I was seated next to former Governor Holzhauser. Mm. Uh, and and we got to talking and and somehow the conversation veered into uh, the days of the days of yore where literally ballot boxes would end up in barns and then the barns would accidentally catch on fire. It's very, uh, it's very combustible. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. these things happen. So <laughs> let me switch. Let me switch over to the other way in which things are manipulated, maybe not votes, but public perception. And this is saying something. Uh, on the grand scheme of WRAL op-eds, I would have to say the uh, op-ed recently arguing that Governor Cooper has a mandate might be the most dishonest think tank piece of crap, numbers are wrong thing I've ever seen um, uh, uh, from WRAL. And that's saying something. Man. That is. That is. Yeah. That's if, saying something. If only they sold subscriptions, I could call in and cancel mine. Um, this yeah. is the I, I spent about half of my podcast yesterday, by the way, available on the iHeartRadio uh, platform. Uh, so I spent like half of the show going over that uh, that op or the editorial, which, by the way, for folks who don't know, like, yes, WRAL has a parent company, Capital Broadcast, and uh, they actually hire somebody, have hired somebody who is, by the way, you know, a former comms guy for two previous Democratic governors. And he writes the same piece every day. I'm amazed that somebody can get paid to do that kind of work. I guess it's good work if you can get it to just do the same editorial every single day and, you know, espouse the position of the Capital Broadcast Company, which I'm sure has no impact or influence whatsoever on any other part of their operations. So uh, he writes this piece yesterday and he talks about how Cooper has the widest margin of victory. And that's just demonstrably false. Like the data says that's false. He did not get the most votes in the state and he did not have the widest margin of victory. Steve Troxler had the most votes and widest margin. And then Dale Falwell had a larger margin of victory over his opponent than the governor did. So, like, I'm not sure what you're trying to divine out of these numbers in order to you know, make the case that everybody just needs to submit to the will of Cooper. You know, if Cooper wants a legislative uh, victory or some sort of uh, legacy, he's going to have to work with Republicans that run the legislature. And I'm sorry if that offends the comms guy that is now the editorialist at the WRAL parent company, but that's the, that's the fact of the matter. By any reasonable uh, measurement, minus the, or even include the governor's race, but let's throw that out for, for just a minute. By every measurable aspect of the returns that we've seen thus far and still things need to be finalized, uh, this state was red. Yeah. And it was red. It was red in the complete flipping of the Court of Appeals, the potential for the entire Supreme Court, but at least two of them. Uh, even within the Council of State, they lost seats, the Democrats in both uh, both houses here. And they lost them using their own maps. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. and and the I, argument that he asserts that there was first off, you're correct. Like the data that he gives is just wrong. Uh, the numbers have been crunched by others who have have shown that his numbers were wrong. Because he's trying then to make this argument that the number of votes statewide that went for the candidates of both parties in these districts that that proportion needs 
to be seen and uh, sort of mirrored in the total outcome uh, of the makeup of the legislature. So if the Democrats pull in 54 percent of all the votes in all of the House districts, they should have 54 percent of all of the seats. Okay, first off, that's not how the system works. You know, first of all, second of all, that ignores all the candidates. Candidates matter. And if you've got, you know, moderate Democrats getting primaried by leftists, then they're not going to win in the general election. And that's not the fault of the map. That's the fault of the voters choosing a candidate that can't win in the general election. But also, I think it's interesting that that presupposes it's based on a premise that the outcome needs to be reflected on a partisan level, which I was told we're not allowed to look at partisan identification when we're doing our maps. So what's up, guys? You can't have this both ways. Well, sure you can if right, you yeah. never allow a counter uh, uh, editorial. Yeah. Um, and, and, and by the way, too often this conversation we're having right now turns into, well, what you guys are pushing for is you're pushing for, for less. No, we're what I'm pushing for, and I'll, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I want uh, clearly delineated editorial versus news. And I want as much news that is following traditional journalistic guidelines when it's purporting to be news. That's why when I see stories like the NNO – the News and Observer, McClatchy, literally having to their fundraising a la public radio right now. Um, it, it lets you know where some media is and all media is having a tough time, like most companies are having a tough time. But it's pretty striking to see the newspapers of record, essentially, for the state of North Carolina in a position where they have to fundraise on top of trying to sell subscriptions and ads. What do you think of that? Uh, Well, yeah, it is an interesting development. I'm kind of surprised it hasn't occurred before this sort of direct plea for money from uh, from donations. Like, I mean, why not just set up a nonprofit and go, you know, full on NPR model, I guess, um, if that's the case. But, uh, you know, also, I'd be open to the idea of of donating money to a publication like that if it meant I got an ad-free experience when I did so, like that, instead of getting, you know, 17,000 pop-ups as soon as I click on their homepage. That might be something worth exploring. That's the YouTube model and the Hulu model, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's what people feel that it's worth. What is uh, YouTube? It's 15 bucks a month or something. Yeah. So people it, are willing to spend 15, 16 bucks a month to not look at YouTube ads. And yeah. they're getting people signing up. I Look, so. and I do this. I I have a Patreon. And so I have uh, that. This is you know my my uh, audience supports me and I do have advertising. But you have tiers. You do different levels of advertising. And maybe that's something that the newspaper industry should have looked to do you know, prior to 2020, (laughs) like maybe have different levels of support so people can get access to certain things that they want and avoid other things that they they don't. Um, But I I, I don't know. I'm I'm not seeing anybody actually employing that kind of a model. Yeah, no, I don't know. And I I, this isn't, you know, I want there to be newspapers. I just I I, because I don't want people to think that that's the goal. I just I want reporting to uh, be down the middle and and uh, to uh, clearly separate those two entities. All right. Well, they can hear more of that breakdown, too, by the way, of that op-ed piece uh, by checking out your latest podcast. It's at PeteCalendar.com or on the iHeartRadio app, and it's Calendar with a K. Correct. Yes. All the right, Pete Calendar Show. Thanks so much, man, and uh, happy Election Friday. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be all over today, and we won't have anything to discuss next <laughs> uh, week. So. Yeah, all no, right. that's not happening. <laughs> Stay dry, man. All right, there buddy. you go. Yeah, PK.